0: Hey folks it's Shane here. Um, Just before we get into today's episode I just wanted to let you know that we actually had a great chat with Avery from uh, PowerShell on Linux.com and uh, we kind of didn't want to leave any of it out so what we decided to do was to split this episode into two parts and release the second part in the off week kind of between the fortnightly episodes. So uh, yeah we'll have part one uh, this week and then next weekend we'll have the part two. Um, before we get started, uh, we just wanted to let you know you can get us on Steam now. Uh, so you can go to steamcommunity.com forward slash groups forward slash Linux So we hope to see a few people join that and maybe play some games with us. We'll try and jump on every weekend or so and see what's going on. Um, obviously, you can get us on Telegram. You can go to linuxlads.com forward slash Telegram. You can find us on Twitter at linuxlads. You can find us on Mastodon uh, by going to linuxlads.com forward slash Mastodon. You can even email us by at, at show at linuxlads.com and you can also donate by going to linuxladscom forward slash donate. We'd really appreciate that. Anyway, I'm going to leave you alone and we'll get on with the episode. Hello everybody and welcome to the Linux Lads. Unfortunately, football is back. As usual, I am Shane. I'm Connor. I'm Mike. And we are the Linux lads. Um we're also joined by a very special guest. Um are we are graced with the presence of Avery, aka D M AKA PowerShell on Linux.com guy. <laughs> How are you? Hey, I'm doing good. Great, great, great. It's it's always cool to have a guest because we don't feel quite so unprofessional. Um <laughs>
1: we're a little less unprofessional this time
0: we're <laughs> we're getting better all the time. Um so first up Mike. Oh, you're playing BioShock Infinite. That's quite normal.
2: Yeah, just 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 say it. I'm 7 years behind uh behind the curve, right? <laughs> so uh I I don't know. Uh I like games about as much as I like, I don't know, eating sushi. It's great, but I don't do it often. Um, and, uh, but, and I usually, you know, usually when you hear like this great, this game has a great story and it's captivating and I try it and it's like, "Mm, I guess I just keep shooting then. Uh, this one actually to me has a great story. I mean, it's, uh, it's, uh. Not so subtle critique of uh, American exceptionalism, which always gets me to 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 to, to agree with it. But uh, right in the fields. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it, I like it. Basically, it's 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 a bit old, as I said, 2013. But uh, I I like it. It and it and the story actually is interesting to me this time. Uh, so yeah, I can only recommend in case you didn't play it seven years ago.
1: I I have played a fair bit of it. I haven't completed it. I think I got about maybe halfway, three quarters of, my, of the way through. No so I can't remember what dis, what what <laughs> dis, I'm not going to mention anything, but I don't know what distracted me in the real life not game related. Um that didn't cause me to pick it back up again, but, but um yeah, I might have to. And the good thing about Steam and cloud saves is I'm sure as soon as I launch it again, it's going to go, this is the exact point where you left off the last time. I'm like, oh, cool, that's a nice feature. <laughs> so um, I may have to pick it back up again.
0: I, I had that the other day, actually. I, I just got a whim. Uh, to just open up steam and start playing stuff and i played like three or four different games in one afternoon and i was playing the witcher 3 and i was like yeah i'm gonna start a new game and do it properly from the start but then i realized they actually had a save file that was already a little bit into the game and i was like where the hell did that come from um i was like steam cloud is really good <laughs> yeah um and it was from like six years i don't know was the game even out six years ago i don't know um
3: yeah it's pretty old i think the witcher 3 Eight years ago, something like that. It's a great game. A
0: I'm only like two percent into it. I don't know, but like it's yeah, it's pretty fun, and the combat's really fun, and you know, finding all the stuff to kill the monsters is is like a little cool treasure hunt. Um, and uh, the graphics are nice.
1: One one thing that I have found, which I suppose isn't really criticism, is just something to note, is Steam cloud saves aren't cross-platform because I discovered this to my detriment was one time like I'd completed um, Borderlands 2 played all the way through completed got towards the end and um, I was messaging my friends who had never played it before and I was like okay well rather than with my giant OP character that I've built up from having completed the game I'll start from, from scratch and but the thing is, I'd played all the way through on Windows, and I was on Linux at this time. And then when they're they're messaging me, I mean they're they're on Windows. I could play with them with multiplayer. But then when I logged in, I was like boasting, saying, "Oh, I've, I've this massive OP character," and then logged in going, "Oh, it's as if I just downloaded the game and didn't have any saves whatsoever." Well, that's weird. I could have sworn I had this massive OP character. <laughs> and then this this other time when I... Re- well, I think I was dual booting at the time. I think I, I um, rebooted and went into um, Steam on Windows. And there was my game save of my massive OP character going, Oh, that's weird. Apparently the, the platform game saves don't sync across each other.
3: Maybe it's specific to Borderlands 2, though. And not every game, mm. yeah.
0: I i did notice though that the linux and windows can't share steam very well like i tried that before where i had a common steam library on uh, on a disk and i was dual booting from partitions on another disk but they both use the same storage drive each os um so i found that if i formatted at it formatted it as ext4 it would uh it would not work in windows but if I, you know, I would have to install an EXT4 driver in Windows or some shit. And then, but then I just formatted the drive as NTFS and it was accessible by both. But it still wasn't perfect. Like not every game worked out of the box.
3: Yeah, NTFS uh, Some in some cases, no, it mounts it as read-only or it has, or like the the permissions, the way they work don't work very well. <clears throat> I usually set up like a, a Steam cache uh, download cache server and then I just download the games quickly. On if I have to, but I haven't booted into Windows in, in a very long time.
0: Me neither, it's probably several years at this point. <laughs> um, moving on, um, next up, uh, I discovered a really cool little program, it's called a uh, pure ref. Um, so it sounds pretty dumb or like not dumb, but like <laughs> it sounds pretty <laughs> pointless on the surface, but. It's uh, basically an image kind of uh, it, reference viewer. It's
1: it's a, it's a vegan referee. It's a pure ref. <laughs> pure
0: ref, yeah. You <laughs> does not do any drugs or alcohol. Um, So, like, yeah, so basically a reference image viewer. So it's just like a blank canvas you can have on the screen, and you can just move images around, and you can zoom them, and you can put notes and everything. It's just like having a table with a lot of photos on it, but you can resize the photos and move them around. Well, obviously, you can do that anyway. But, like... Uh, yeah. So it's cool. Um, it's useful cause I'm like learning blender all the time now and I'm really trying to get good at it. So when you're trying to model something, it's really good to have some reference images, just, just sitting there kind of, you just, just, just to kind of give you ideas and just to see how things are put together in real life. So you know what to do in blender then. So it's really uh, cool to have that like, and it's just so simple and it's just uh, the, the, the Linux philosophy, it does one thing really,
1: really well. So you, you could have your feng shui ins- inspiration board beside you when you're doing your blender.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's probably nice to be able to see things from different directions while you model them.
0: Exactly, and it's so useful, and it's so less, so much less crowded than doing like a DuckDuckGo image search or something. Like it's, um, you know, you can pick the images you want and you just move them around. And it's really cool as well, because what I do is I watch these tip videos on YouTube uh it's like 100 blender tips or 150 blender tips and it's this sarky guy who will just be like just be like oh i bet you didn't know this about blender because you're fucking stupid and it's like <laughs> and uh and yeah so it's cool to just watch those videos and just furiously take notes in in this program as well and
1: hmm. put
0: images in there and stuff uh just to remind you so yeah it's really handy and it has a cool overlay mode so you can do it like windowless and backgroundless so it, you can overlay all this stuff just anywhere on your screen
3: i wonder if it supports multi-touch and uh so you can in like a, a a tablet or a linux tablet or uh, like i have uh mm. linux on my surface pro 3 and it could be nice if it supports like multi-touch gestures so you can resize and stuff like that
0: yeah for sure yeah I, it I would out. love to see that um maybe someday i'll get a pine tab and we can take it from um but yeah the the whole point of this is i'm making a space station in blender Ooh, cool Nice. <laughs> any particular
2: um, one or just just any uh, space it's station. like a very
0: it's very arthur c clark it's very like you know the very scientifically accurate expanse kind of thing you know like sp- a spinning ring of habitats to generate spin gravity through centrifugal force and all that you know nerdy shit but uh
2: well like making from it made from uh, made from pipes basically yeah
0: exactly so i had a lot of reference images of like the iss up on pure ref for instance
2: hmm
3: so
0: peak nerd <laughs> <laughs> i
3: tried to learn blender it's way over my head
0: <laughs> it's over everyone's head you literally have to spend about 50 hours in it to even learn how to do something kind of shit like <laughs> Um, but it's worth it in the end because it's basically an imagination engine (laughs) so it's 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 crazy um but yeah i tend to gush about blender a lot lately so connor you say things
1: (laughs) (laughs) so uh, in in news it's probably going to make um phelan and um phelan whitley and michael from um destination links very happy i've been trying out KD uh well um manjaro KD specifically on my laptop and i'm actually pleasantly surprised i mean i i have been trying KD 5 periodically um every so often, maybe every six months, sometimes it a, a, a larger gap, like a year or something goes by and then I'll give it another go, see, check on its progress. Uh to this um stage it's actually come to a refined stage where I'm actually considering making it um my um full time desktop environment. So uh we'll see how that how that goes because I might be sick of it after a week and then go "Eh, screw this i'm wiping it and put something else on but so far i'm actually really enjoying it on my lap on my laptop um it it's superbly well designed i've never had an issue with the way it's designed it's just i've always found the settings hyper confusing and really complicated more complicated than me than in, in my opinion more complicated than it needs to be i mean uh in KDE you can literally customise absolutely everything but not all of those customis- customise settings have to be visible to the end user all all, yeah. all the time so it's always always confusing so I think the, when we had Michael on uh uh came up an an idea of what they should have is settings and then by default it should be simple as like uh oh, i just want to ch- change my screen resolution where's where's the um screen settings there screen resolution save done Uh, And then if you want to go more advanced, just might be an advanced drop down menu if you want to do high DPI scaling or want to flip your monitor uh, by 90 degrees or all of those additional settings rather than the simple ones. Then you could have a a nice toggle to show the advanced settings. But I think now they're kind of coming to a a balance where everything is nicely designed and everything is nicely laid out. Um mm-hmm. I'm actually finding it quite performant as well because uh there's been several tests uh and I think even on the um on pharaonics Stephen did a test. Um I don't have a li- um a link or any kind of reference off the top of my head, but where the RAM usage is down around the same level as XFCE, which is remarkable. And Something that is um further proof of that is the PineBook Pro is now shipping with Manjaro KDE. And you're thinking, KDE? Isn't that a supposedly really heavy desktop environment? What's it doing running on the the PineBook Pro, which is an ARM laptop, which wouldn't be as as powerful as let's say an X86 laptop, but it seems to be quite smooth and quite snappy, and uh, mine is my laptop is a a T four fifty, so it's not exactly the latest and greatest, but it has a, a an i five and eight gigs of ram, so it, it should be plenty able to run pretty much anything. But it's really snappy with KDE. So
3: what I wish, what I wish KDE had is uh, something similar to Ubuntu Mate's uh, uh, layouts changer. Because 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 I find a lot of times when I install KDE and, and, and until I get it to the point where it's configured the way I like it, it takes me like a few days. And sometimes I wish there was just an easy, you know, kind of like, oh, if you want it to look more like Windows, look more like uh, Mac or very similar to what Ubuntu Mate has.
0: Zorn OS has that too. I mean, and it's really, it's surfaced really well. Um, but the problem I have, like, it's kind of like the opposite problem to Connor. Like I have, I've used Xorin and Pop OS, and I like those clean, sexy distros. But they, I don't know. I find sometimes they hide the the settings too much, and it's like, well, I actually want a little bit more settings, please. Um, like so, there's a balance. It's like on a scale from KDE to Pop OS. Like, where is it?
2: <laughs> <Well>. <laughs>
3: You need you need like you need like a toggle that uh, you can you or like a slider between like easy in kD you need like easy more advanced and expert and the more you would like toggle it it gives you more of your settings
0: exactly <laughs> it's like just go to or slash unix porn I'm
2: <laughs> I actually like uh not for me obviously I'm using something else but I like the way uh, some distros, notably elementary and notably Zorin, put a lot of stuff away because like for a user that is not technically minded to be they shouldn't be able to break their tool just by using it and I've seen a horrific example of what happens when somebody who wasn't very technical tried to use uh, try to redo a Linux mint uh thing uh, in desktop the desktop basically ended up in tatters, and that's because it allowed it wasn't the correct desktop for the person it allowed it to, are we
1: are we thinking about the same person yeah its yeah okay it
2: it didn't it it basically so so you know we always and I thought this would be a nice video or something. we always think about the distribution for a new user and we think only in terms of oh he's coming from Windows or he's coming from a mac or from whatever right, so it should look certain way. I think the most important thing is because people can learn, but in the process of learning, they shouldn't be able to completely break it so that it's full bar. Oh
1: yeah, I I can def- definitely see the the place of um, Zorn OS or um, Elementary OS. I'm not no, I wouldn't knock them by any stretch of the imagination. It's just it's a bit too simple for me, oh, yeah. but that's my
2: own personal preference. For most people who are keen in technology, I mean, okay, now that's uh, making, giving them a lip service, um, that's, that's doing them a disservice. For most people who like to think, probably Zorin or, or, or uh, Elementary is not the best thing, like, because you won't be able to, but then the distributions are aimed at, some, at other users, you know? So, and I think they both do a very good job and, uh, the rest of us, uh, we can just use like KDE or whatever, you know, which uh, which gives you, a, in my opinion, you can spend, you can just sink years and years into configuring KDE and you might never be finished, which is a good thing. They also need to add like an export button
3: so you can take your configuration, move it to another computer so it'd be easier to import and you don't have to like deal <laughs> with uh, setting it up from scratch
2: every every time. Just use Yadum. Uh, yet another dot manager. It basically uses Git to uh, to stash your dot files. So whatever you add to it, you basically add add whatever dot files or whatever other files you have in your home directory uh, to it, and then uh, uh, you know you you, you uh, add to it, you commit, you push, and it's uh, it's uh, uh, sent to wherever you have the the YADM server. And then you get then even you reinstall or you use a different uh, use a different computer, you just do Yadem pull and voila, everything is where it should be. This is how my quite complicated uh, and customized i three i three setup on Manjaro can be deployed within like forty minutes, including installation.
3: Nice. Hmm.
0: Um shall we move on to some news? Um First, uh, first story, um, kind of made steam come out of my ears. Uh, <laughs> so Mike, you put this in, um, us Republicans want to outlaw encryption and yeah, well, it that, that's a misleading headline. What they want to do is, and it's not even Republicans, it's Congress. Um, so I'm not sure if it came directly from the Republican party. I haven't read that much, but it I think it's Senate Republicans, I guess. So, yeah, but, um, they want to force tech companies basically to comply with lawful access requests for encrypted data. So, uh, basically an end to end to end encryption, whereby for the uninitiated, the company themselves can't even access the data. Um, so yeah, obviously that's bad news. I mean, I can understand the spirit of it, but you know, you have to catch criminals as well, but yeah, it just opens the floodgates Mike. What do you think?
2: Guess. Motherfucking. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> I'm being very moderate here. Like I'm trying, I'm holding it back right now. Um,
1: uh, it, it doesn't help that the, the, the photo on the article is Lindsay, off, Graham, uh, yeah. Lindsay Graham, which is the, the most punchable faces of all punchable faces. Yeah, definitely.
2: <laughs> Like, okay. So, so you, you, you want policing. So take the money that you are spending on arguing about uh, weakening encryption, which is going to, Affect every single one of us and put it into decent policing. You know, the United States from the outside, obviously, if never lived there, wouldn't necessarily want to, but from the outside, it looks like they have a massive police problem, and they are trying to solve it by lazy, lazy attitude towards policing. You know, if if you if you ever hear any good stories about uh, about how policing it does it. It really involves a lot of legwork, a lot of personnel, a lot of human approach. And if you want people, if you want the police to be decent in their treatment of all citizens, they also need to be humans, not machines, right? So this uh, this attempt to try to I don't know maybe save money on the police while forcing tech companies to spy on all of us, which can only backfire. This is an idiotic idea that will end up costing a ton of money if it gets anywhere past the past the senate that will that that might make things like uh, online banking and chat very dangerous for us we might have to go back to cash in the mattress if this ever spreads mm-hmm. to europe obviously or wherever you are and uh, like it's it's i don't know Obviously, these people who, uh, who promote it, they have other people to do their banking for them. They probably have staff just to drive to the bank to take cash out, and they probably don't handle money. They don't have to talk to anybody on the phone because the only thing they are saying, they tweet, So that's, and that's no secret. So, yeah, mm. they don't, obviously, they are out of touch. They don't understand the technology because it can't get through their skull to their brains, and they should leave it a fuck alone. Like. I, I i think
3: they just use it as, as an excuse to have a way to to spy on more people um yeah, it's they, closing they, they,
0: the barn door after the horse is bolted basically like they like what you said they don't understand the technology so they're like no let's outlaw it let's claw it back here like let's play it on our own terms you know, let's not let's not think of a way, a hard way to get around this safely, you know?
2: And what makes me extremely angry is that they, they quote uh child abuse as one of the reasons why this should be done. By the time the images hit the internet, the child has been abused already, right? So maybe stop your idiotic uh praising of the traditional conservative family and do something about the fact that kids actually get abused. You know, by the time you manage to spy on somebody to see what pictures they have on their phone, there is already a suffering child somewhere. And that that's where the money should be going, not into some idiotic, uh, you know, they, they are pushing back because Twitter decided to uh, put a label on Trump, which, you know, which is funny because about face Graham, who used to say how, uh, how crazy Trump was and now he can't get enough of him, uh... Wants to wants to punish. He uh, wants to punish the companies for this and uh, grabbed people's data. And like I don't, I don't understand where the, where, how these people even get elected. Well, I mean, I do understand how they get elected, but they shouldn't. To be fair, this but th- this specific thing happened
3: even before Trump. It it happened when I was uh, when I was living in the U.S. Like they they every couple of years this thing surface and they want to. They want to they're just use looking for excuse to spy on more people, not uh it's not specific to like Trump or the Republican party. just every couple of times every couple of years it comes back and they have some other excuse this time it's like sexual abuse before it was uh, something else instead of terrorism yeah, this, terrorism yeah. and and then they found out that you know like terrorists were using the like the PlayStation network to talk. I mean, if people, if two people want to exchange, like there's so many ways to do it. That, like you can't ban encryption for every, everyone. I mean, you, you, you can try, but then the, the, the people who are doing criminal acts will find a way to encrypt their stuff. Even if they use, if they use like a book with the, you know, specific, like back in the day where spies used to agree on some, you know, book and le- and pages and letters and stuff how how are you going to find that information yeah. i i heard <laughs> that
0: like some some extreme terrorists and stuff they were using really basic shit like even very recently like, like they were using like rs that were rewritten that they would literally hand to each other and like, usb keys and
3: yeah it makes sense there's like it's it's, it's dumb technology and
2: <laughs> yeah i mean you know let's let's cure covid uh, and pre- by preventing everybody breathing because it spreads through air right so it's it's and stupid. All, and the tech
3: companies also, they're saying that they, you know, like Google and Apple saying they can't read your messages because it's end-to-end encrypted. But what they don't tell you is they manage the keys. So they hold the keys so they can read your stuff anyway.
2: Well, yeah, that's and that is a separate issue that should also be that should also be dealt with. Right. So but uh, I, I do have some hope, hopes in the EU that they will uh, they will enforce this. Uh, that they will enforce uh, actual privacy. But they, we, we need more encryption, not less. We need to, for you know, <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> Let them push away
0: because, um you know, I mean, the harder they push, the more we're going to, like, democratize the shit out of the internet. Like, we're getting to a stage where the technology is getting to a stage where we can just make our own damn internet. <laughs> like seriously, that 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 could totally happen. Like,
3: <laughs> yeah, I I've seen some people create like some sort of mesh networking in like certain neighborhoods and stuff. It's pretty crazy. I mean, yeah, make it the wild west
1: again. Mike, just to correct you on a point there, um, COVID nineteen isn't airborne. Otherwise, we'd be much more screwed than we are already. Are. Doesn't
2: it? So if I <laughs> if I sneeze on you, it won't. Uh... Well, that's it's, not airborne. It, yeah, it's that's droplets. not airborne. Yeah, okay. It's droplets. Yeah, uh, yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm I'm a technology geek. I know. I don't know shit about biology. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if, if, if it was an airborne virus, we would be royally screwed. Uh, okay. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it, it would be a lot more than just two meters.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Dell XPS 13 of Developer Edition uh, is now available with Ubuntu 2004 LTS. Um that's cool. Yet another hardware vendor that is shipping Linux, which is cracking. But then again, Dell have done that for a while. In fairness, um, I remember helping a friend buy a laptop, and Ubuntu was an option a while ago. Like,
1: I, I think, yeah, no. Uh, the news here is, um, with Project Sputnik, the, uh, the Dell XPS line has been you've had Ubuntu as an option for a while. Might have been. Deep down somewhere in their on their website, they don't exactly put it user f- uh phrasing front and center. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, I think the news here is that um, uh, the Dell tends to be kind of conservative a bit with their with their Ubuntu releases. So yeah,
0: it was. It was basically an option in a drop-down, and that was it.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, no, the, the news here, the fact that it's 2004 is the fact that 2004 has, has been out for a couple of months. But up until now, if you, let's say, even a month ago, even though 2004 has been released, um, if you wanted a uh, a new dell would with a would with a it to come with um eighteen o four which was the previous l t s so uh Dell can be a bit conservative with its um uh with its releases, but the news now is the it's shipping with twenty o four which is good and so the other vendor is lenovo, which um i don't know if we discussed that the last on our last episode, but Lenovo came out and they're officially supporting. Uh they're coming into p- partnership with Red Hat and Shipping Fedora and I think they're officially supporting uh Ubuntu LTS as well. So um now Dell and Lenovo, so that's very good to have those massive names in the PC industry. The people in the top um top one or two three of the PC manufacturing industry is um, Dell and Lenovo. Next year uh, Apple. I don't well, I was going to say if if we're rounding up the top three, then it'll be HP with the mean next one.
2: They already have don't don't HP already have like Linux editions or no? I'm probably wrong. I don't but know. They join, yeah, they, they, yeah. I've had a HP. It's comparative. It's very easy to put a Linux on it anyway. But
1: yeah, once you have a laptop that has all Intel and in, um, internals and others, Intel CPU, Intel Wi Fi, uh, Intel display and others is not uh and uh, amd or nvidia um processor or graphics processor in it then it just works so that's the reason why um thinkpads are like so good with their linux support because it's pretty much just all intel all the way through the stack but um now that the amd drivers are open source maybe they'll start to change so that's that's always good
3: I think more hardware is always good more hardware that supports Linux out of the box and they also said that they're going to stream uh, upstream more more drivers uh, more development I think any, anybody and everybody that uses Linux will benefit from such a big manufacturers is uh, pushing for it.
1: And Intel or not, not Intel sorry misspoke. Um, Lenovo have said that uh They've not made an official announcements, but they're not saying they're they've come out and they're saying that um watch this space, it might be possible. They might be something that they might be doing in the future. Is their custom tools that they'll they put normally put on um the operating system once they ship it. I know there is their um like a custom brightness tool for uh or or optimizing tool for within to optimise the the, and put it into different modes like a battery mo- saving mm-hmm. mode or performance mode or something like that so those custom tools that they write um, on top of Windows um, people have asked them now Lenovo now that you're shipping Fedora and you're shipping uh, Ubuntu will you be porting those tools over and they says they're not opposed to it, so watch the space. They might be doing their own custom development on top of it.
2: I'm not familiar overly with modern Windows, but if I remember it correctly, these kind of tools were real uh, horrible into like Windows uh, XP, Windows uh, Seven days. Is it still the case that when you when you get a new laptop with these with custom brightness ad- uh, adapter and a custom uh custom widget to do this and that the first thing you should do is actually uninstall it and save yourself four gigabytes of ram the in
3: the in the in the past like lenovo tools had like security holes in them and stuff like that but uh they have some nice features that you don't have like other ways to get for example on uh on my work lenovo laptop i i can set the the max charge to let's say seventy percent and then uh it and then the, the the laptop doesn't overcharge and stuff like that,
1: so it's really nice. Yeah, they've got better. If it if it's coming from the OEM, it tends to be good. Um. Mm.
0: Next up, uh, pretty controversial news. Well, I don't know. If it's controversial. It seems pretty unremarkable to me. But KDE Plasma changes the window list—that's the icons in the taskbar, basically—to icons only, so with no text and no pill kind of thing. So I don't know. I
2: don't mind that. What do you guys think? I think it looks better. I'm not a big friend of... uh, I mean, I don't have a panel like this on my display, but just to compare the two screenshots, I mean, to me, it looks better. It adds more stuff. Uh, There's plenty of people that put, uh, what do we call this task panel taskbar? The thing with the icons, they put it on the side of the laptop because it makes more sense since your laptop is very wide or your screen is very wide, but not very tall and in that case you'd be using it anyway and uh if i if i look at the first picture on the screenshot that is going to be linked, linked in the show notes uh there is a lot of extra space that can be that can be like the the, the just the one uh, one entry for for the discover app contains a space that is on the bottom picture occupied by what five icons so yeah, yeah. i can see where they are going with this
1: um, they're not the first um operating system slash desktop environment um slash design for an operating system out there to do this. I mean, uh, Windows Ten has been doing it. Um, Cinnamon I know d- also does it as well. You can configure that kind of option. Anything with Edoc
2: really, like um, uh, you know
1: it I think the news here is they're they're switching to do it by default um yeah i think I think it's a cleaner design um definitely in favor of it and I suppose um they're right it is kind of Windows style because uh, the most famous example is actually windows ten of do of doing this um and if it helps with with muscle memory and people coming over from windows 10 then i'm all for it i mean especially if if i'm flicking back and forth between the operating systems because i use windows 10 in work um it's nice to have that muscle memory and it's just lower barrier to entry especially if you're if you're tired or um and you're used to using something for eight hours and then you come home and then you're own personal setup is completely different or or whatever you might get that kind of much much more frustrated in relation to it so anything that's that eases that transition is always a good thing
0: one thing i love about that layout is um the one click minimize and maximize on the icon yes that's something i really miss from uh uh i think it was uh, 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 unity (gasps) um um (laughs) It was okay. um it wasn't installed by default, but if you uh you could tweak it, I think um no, I, am I talking bullshit here, like because you use gnome tweaks to enable that, no, it wasn't gnome tweaks, it was something else it was uh, the
1: deconf uh, editor, I think, yeah, probably Some,
0: yeah, yeah, something like that, yeah, yeah, and yeah, basically you enabled that <clears throat> that uh tweak where where yeah you could just do the single click and it would open and close it open and close, and uh yeah. I don't know. I really miss that. With Pop OS, you don't have any panel icons at all. So, yeah. Mm.
1: I, I I think in the Ubuntu GNOME implementation, I don't think that is enabled by default, and I think you do have to go into the deconf editor. But it's been a while since I've used um the any of the more recent Ubuntu Gnomes to be able to to double check that.
3: Yeah, that's what I have mine is set up as, and I think uh, in 2004 you do have to go to the the deconfederator, and you can uh, you can change like the default behavior. I think it, th- this topic is probably controversial because it it looks like Windows, and some people, I guess, want to keep the the things a bit more distinguished. But I I also
2: think it's good. <laughs> It looks like a Mac to me as well like it has it has round icons on a bar like that's that's a dock so it looks like anything from Android to iOS to Mac to Windows it's it's Well it's, I
3: think some of the icons are round like the Telegram icon is round but but it depends on the icon like the KDE icons look more square to me but it 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 looks very Windows Seven. I think Windows Seven is when they introduced this this kind of thing. And, uh, oh yeah,
1: true. Yeah, uh, the, a the, a in, a I didn't Windows. mind
0: Windows Seven all that much. No, no, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. Nor
1: did I. That. And I
3: mean, as long as there's a setting to turn it back on for people that like the old way, I think it's it's nice. Uh, I mean, uh, as in laptops and stuff like that, any screen real estate you can get is probably like a good thing.
0: Next up. Uh, new pine phone community edition announced uh, pre-orders in july Uh, so this is pretty exciting Um, i know basically everyone everywhere (laughs) wants pine 64 devices Um, so yeah you got i I assume everyone here is going going to be getting one
1: Uh, a pine phone certainly Um, the this community edition i would advocate that if you're interested in it and you're looking for a phone at the moment i just happen not happen to be um, in the market for a new phone at the moment, but uh, I, who knows? I may pick it up as a secondary device. But it's it's certainly something that is very interesting. And what is new about this is when they say it's a new community edition. So the previous community edition was the Ubi Ports edition, and it had their mascot etched into the into the back of it. So. The reason why this is a new community edition is it's showcasing uh, post-market OS and it has the post OS uh, logo etched into the back of it. And I believe um, 10 euro or 10 dollars or 10 of your currency uh, out of the uh, asking price is going to the um, the relevant uh community. So in this case, PostmarketOS. In the previous case, it was Ubiports. Uh, um, and yeah, so it's and it's shipping with Fosh. So way before something else that should have <laughs> shipped with Fosh. Maybe before
3: that, the phone that the company that made the the made Fosh is shipping with it.
0: Um, it looks kind of cool though. It looks like early or early days Android, you know. Um,
3: it does look like early data Android, the the app drawer yeah. or whatever they call it.
0: Yeah, just when, you know, all the sizing of things was just a little bit off. Um, like things were slightly out of proportion on early Android and it just it was just enough to bug you. Um, so that's what it reminds me of. The text is too small for the icons, um, but that's just me being nitpicky. But it does look really cool. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm definitely going to get any Pine64 device I can get my hands on because why the hell not? I mean, it's a, I don't really care if I use it or not. I'm definitely going to get them all just because it's just so new and so novel and so exciting to, to see all these devices. You know, uh, I've said this several times before on the podcast, but we wait so many years for all the Linux goodies. And then like a whole ton of them just arrive all in the space of a few years.
1: It's it's like um, Dublin bus. You w- you waited for ages, and then three turn up at once. <laughs> yeah.
3: I just I just wish uh, that the uh, Pine devices didn't cost so much uh, to ship to Israel because like like the the phone I think was like fifty dollars. The Pine book was like another fifty dollars. It's like almost a quarter of the price of the device.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, I suppose that is the sting in the tail. Yeah, but
3: uh, I hope I I wish they would ship it directly from China, which is. I think much cheaper than, um, shipping it through Europe.
0: Oh, so they actually ship it from China to the distribution place in Europe. And then to I think you? so. Yeah. Which oh is why,
3: which makes because that's the only thing that makes sense. Why it would be so expensive when everything else that ships from China costs almost <laughs> nothing in shipment.
0: Um, yeah. So PinePhone looks, looks pretty cool. Um, Be a link in the show notes if anyone wants to check out the pre-order. So next up, uh, this is something that caught my eye because uh, it was—I don't know—it just I don't understand why. But Linux Mint disables snaps. Um, It's slightly older news, I guess, but it is very relevant.
1: My understanding is, and their disagreement is purely down to chromium or at least that is their standout example i don't know if that is their sole example but it seems to be the the example that they're they're quoting and my understanding is um ubuntu are now moving all of their um chromium builds into snaps so in other words if you went and go oh sudo apt install chromium it's going to come down as a snap it's going not going to come down as a deb, and their rationale behind it is it well cuts down on on developer resources um in other words a developer will be tied up um porting it over to their various platforms because ubuntu you can imagine they have several um versions of Ubuntu that they still support. So whether it's the latest 20 oh four, whether it's the previous 1804, whether it's um uh commercial users who are still using fourteen oh four or using previous versions and um, still paying for support. Um so that means that if a developer is packaging Chromium then that means they have to break it down and they go, okay, well, not only does it have to support 20.04, it has to support 18.04 and and so on, even if if there's custom uh, binaries binaries. (laughs) (laughs) even if there's custom um, binaries um, or other custom things that they have to include for those various different versions why not cut that all that down and just package it all into a snap and then the snap just installs? Uh, Linux or er, Linux Mint's criticism is that with snaps, you because snaps can update themselves in the background, they, they're they maybe tinfoil hat thinking that um Ubuntu or somebody could. Inject an auto-update um, code into into somebody's distribution or somebody's computer. Um, the the fact that they're based off um Ubuntu and then they're getting the snaps down from Ubuntu, Ubuntu could just silently update something and then there you go. That's the version that's running on on Linux Mint, even though Linux Mint um is trying to differentiate itself a bit from Ubuntu. Um, didn't, sorry, didn't they rebase on Debian quite recently? They did. They have. No, I think they have, both. They have both. They have both. Yeah. Oh. The uh, Linux Mint Debian Edition, which is their get out of Ubuntu free card. In other words, <laughs> there it their, that's their Plan B, and they've had Linux Mint Debian Edition for a, f- a few iterations now, and that is essentially what it is. Is um, they're take out the Ubuntu stack and they just base it directly do all their customizations that they normally would but they do it directly on debian um, and that's their just in case um, canonical pisses us off so much that we want to um base on something completely different rather than starting from scratch entirely at least they have an internal well not an internal project because they release it but at least they have a a project that is also they're all they also work on they're saying okay uh, we'll just switch over to this other thing that we have a lot of experience of doing um so my understanding of their objection to snaps is that snap could silently update and do something that they're not aware of. They're not. They're not in, in control of the snaps essentially.
3: So now, if you want, so now if you're a Linux Mint user and you want to install Chromium instead of Chrome, they they don't provide you an alternative. So they just you. I think like they should have given the user the choice and telling them, hey, uh, this is going to install a snap. Are you okay with it? And the user can decide what they want to do, but it, by by making something like this, then the it just breaks for the user. The user can install Chromium. They'll have to go install Chrome, which is probably worse because it has more, you know, it sends more information to Google. So and and by breaking snaps, there's, I mean, there's a lot of I I would assume that. Uh, uh, there are a lot of Linux Mint users, and I think you can see the stats on the Snap Store. There are a lot of Linux Mint users that install other snaps, so now they can't install them. So, so
0: it-, it just uh, it doesn't make sense because, like, Linux Mint was known in the beginning for having all those proprietary media codecs, um, and that was a tick box in the installation, if I remember correctly. So, why give people the option to download or not download proprietary drivers? But not give them the option to use an open source package management system. <laughs> I don't get it. Uh,
3: it seems like to me there's just Linux Mint or the developers of Linux Mint have some sort of uh, issue with Snap, and instead of addressing it, they just created they they just create you know blocked it altogether.
2: I think they have an issue with Canonical really,
3: and they could they could, I th- I think if they think that it's that important, they should have packaged or you know they should have packaged Chromium as a deb, and put it in their repository and give their users a way to to install it. But instead, they they choose the easy way out and it's it's an it's
2: annoying that not only so a lot of distributions uh, don't come with snap with Snapd, which is the back, back end of Snap but uh you can install it on elementary you can just uh apt install snap but uh apparently on uh, linux mint if you try that it won't work because they they basically just uh, disable blacklisted f- it or back. something yeah i do- and that's something that's taking away choice in if you already are going to go and do snap ins- uh, install snap on your uh, on your in your terminal then that's not that's that's something that you kind of have some information and so you already are making some kind of an informal choice. Okay, a lot of people just copy-paste whatever they see on the internet into the terminal and hit enter, but make it a warning or make it, you know, put put in an info box or something, but just don't, don't take away options like this. I understand taking away options in the user interface if you want to prevent people from breaking the system, but if people are... If people are not actually breaking anything, this would not break it. This would enable extra functionality. I I don't understand it. It shouldn't. It, it 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 I don't think it's good. But then again, you know, they can do whatever they want with their distribution. And I haven't used it in ten years. Uh, certainly not gonna be using it now. So, I'm not sure. I'm um, you know, if if their users like it, they will stick with them. If they Make if this makes their users angry, uh, they will lose them, and they will have to either inegg or just you know mm. have less users. I, I,
0: I just want to ask you guys a question first, right? Just just to go back to something. So explain like I'm five. Why should I care about snaps and flat packs and all that? Over just a plain old deb. What's wrong with the deb?
2: So you, you have you have let's say you have 2004, right? And let's say it's uh and and you want to stick on the LTS because it's nice and solid, and you get, you get up, you get uh, the system gets updated, and maybe your company has given you the the uh, the laptop, and they maintain they they mandate that you stick on LTS, right? Because supported by Canonical for five years and and that thing, right? But you want the newest uh, Chrome, Chromium, or you want the newest PyCharm, right? Mm-hmm. So first off, uh, PyCharm, a lot of developer tools from JetBrains, which is a company that does a lot of, and this is just an example, but it's an example I'm aware of, right? So there is a company that's, that does uh, developer IDEs for Java, for Python, for for whatever, and they are very good uh, in like they have good good reputation. Obviously, there must be some people who hate them, but whatever. These Canonical came to JetBrains and say, "Let's snap this," and it snaps. So you 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 want to install you want to install PyCharm on a Linux system, snap install PyCharm community additional snap install PyCharm uh, whatever uh, full version is is the easiest way, and you are always getting the freshest thing. It's pretty hmm. much like having the AUR.
3: I yeah, I can also uh, I packaged a few snaps in the past. Uh so I had a, I have a friend that uh, uses Solus and he wanted to install uh, QMPP which is this uh, Winamp clone media player and I have I have no clue I I tried to look at the Solus documentation to package it for Solus and it, it was extremely difficult I packaged it as a snap in like 3 hours just kind of figuring out what I'm doing as I went along it's very easy and now anybody can you know install QMPP on he, my friend can install it on Solus and other people can install it. and It was fairly easy, and I in the past I also try to package stuff as a deb. It wasn't that easy. I thought of an
0: ex- uh, an example that just proved myself wrong, right, uh, right, just there. Like I was, um, I was thinking actually, I had a, a Ubuntu and uh, uh Blender two point eight was coming out, and it's a huge release, uh, heaps of extra functionality, and. Uh, a bit of an overhaul for, for blender it was a big version and i was still on 2.79 on ubuntu and it just wasn't updating and i was like, <laughs> updating my cache and I, I, I could have found the terminal commands to force the new version and all that but you know ain't nobody got time for that so i was like uh, yeah i just went to the blender site and right there on the home page they have download as a snap
3: but but another an- another thing that i want to say is that Chromium is a browser like it, it, if if people install it you definitely want it to self update because if there's an exploit in a browser you want to get it as soon as possible as your gateway to the internet so that, that's like uh, I think that that argument is a bit it doesn't make sense that you don't want people that use your distribution to have an old browser that hasn't been updated and has some you know security vulnerability in it
2: ultimately canonical basically said this is the snap store these are snaps and we control the environment and there are people who don't like it right because it's not open source at the back end and uh because you cannot spin off your own snap store which i'm not sure if that's true i mean the 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 you know i i don't know how how true that is that's what i'm hearing but in the end it's just code so you could just it, there it's making HTTP because or whatever to to the Snap Store, so you could probably create something that would just make your own Snap Store plus.
3: Yeah, for example, if I if I package a snap and I have like I package it locally and I have the .snap file, I can send it to you and you can install it the same way you would install a deb
2: and so and they really figured out how to make uh, how to how to help developers making snaps which is important if you want developers to distribute software and we have this issue on linux that uh, it's not easy for developers to distribute software across distributions so i think you know there is obviously it would be better if it was all open source and if it was like a flatpak situation where you can uh, where you can uh, spin your own easily in the end, one would probably prevail anyway, just like FlatHub is the, the, the go-to source or the go-to store for Flatpak. But I don't have any problems installing snaps. And uh, I think, but judging by the snaps, most or many Linux Mint users don't have either. So I think this is a bit user hostile, what they did there.
0: I'm a bit, yeah, I'm a bit salty because um, actually I just looked up what I was just talking about. I just went to Blender.org and yes, it has uh linux snap store as one of the download options but um i'm a bit salty because in pop os you can't use snaps either well you can but like you have to enable it i think up
1: install uh, yeah, Snap-D.
3: you have to You have to install snapd i think if you go to the snap store and you pick like your pop os as your distribution it will tell you like the command you have to run to to enable it
0: it's but it's probably easy but you know i'm just like that's just me
2: It. It's literally just up, install snapd and then uh, sudo systemctl uh, enable snapd. I mean, you might have to, you might have to, uh, I think you have to reboot, re-boot yeah. but whatever. Like that, and as, know, late, as latest DM version from, of
0: Blender yeah. is a snap, so maybe I've just proved myself wrong here, <laughs> <laughs>
2: but oh, yeah, but yeah,
1: snaps and flat packs are, are all available in all the distributions. I mean, you can install it on Arch, you can install it on Debian, you can install it on Fedora, uh, um, but not can, on Linux yeah. Mint. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I think it's yeah. I think it's just it just cool to a to hate, you know. That just it, I think <laughs> I think the distro shouldn't pick what kind of, and allow or block what the, what its users can do, which is what they technically did. And I, if I thought of installing Linux Mint, that's one reason I would not install it.
2: I I I believe the distro should kind of curate what a user can do with uh, with with the system in terms of not being able to break it. But as I was saying, this doesn't break anything. This actually adds functionality, so they shouldn't do that. But then I was not a, I I I'm not a user of Linux Mint, so you know, I'm just criticizing from afar as I do.
3: It, isn't this like the reason a lot of people switch to Linux to gain control of their device and you know?
0: Yeah, exactly. Not
3: not be locked down to, you know, it's the same way where you have Windows and 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 or Mac where they lock you down, that you, you come to Linux because you want this as you said not to uh, to to have the freedom to change your system but not break it. And I think this is not a risk that you'll break your system, but Yeah. That's just my opinion.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I mean on the but the same token, I guess, you know, the project has its own principles and they're entitled to that as well um you know linux mint um and i don't say this in a negative way but it is an opinionated distro um so you know it wants you to use it in a certain way you know much like a lot of other distros are the exact same they they, they put the distro out there as uh in in order for you to use it in a certain way it's targeted at a certain type of use case or person or you know skill level etc etc so those are opinionated distros. And I guess if you think that it's not in line with your goals as a project, then, you know, whatever, that's your business, I guess. But <laughs> yes, by the same token, yeah, another same token. <laughs> yeah, it is limiting choice. And that's kind of what it's all about. But, you know, their distro, their decision, I guess.
1: Uh, just go to Ubuntu Cinnamon Edition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: Well, it's nice <laughs> that it exists. So like, no, now That's cinnamon. very true. If if cinnamon is your desktop D of choice, then uh, now you you have somewhere to go.
0: So speaking of uh, hate, throwing hate and shade and all that kind of thing, uh, we we have a link to a, a,
2: a very funny tweet here.
0: Mike, you read this out.
2: So Daniel Foray, one of the elementary, uh, one of the lead devs on Elementary OS, uh, tweeted. Now that Mac OS looks like the, like hot garbage, I hope people will finally stop saying we look like anything like it. We look anything like it, uh, which y- people say it looks like a Mac. Yes, sure. On the on the very, or from the like from from the very, uh, if you, if you look at it and if you don't go deep, yeah, it does look like a Mac. I mean, so does Android phone look a bit like uh, iOS? It, if you don't try it, uh, yeah, it's. I mean the- Power lines
0: I, are all the same now, anyway. Like,
2: well, it depends. Okay, so you have you have you have uh, the basic difference between dragging your mouse across screen for the most of the time, and you have and between uh, banging your keys on the banging banging your hand on the keyboard for most of the time, right? So I think that necessarily not that necess, that doesn't have to be a visual difference. It's more like how the how the how the inside of it is set up. You can have something that looks exactly like a Mac, but it's keyboard only. Sorry, it's uh, the other way. It can have exactly it looks like a Mac and it's uh mm. uh mouse only and these days I'm told you can actually use Windows uh, Windows 10 and it has a decent keyboard support if you for keyboard based workflows if you don't if you like snapping windows and uh, minimizing and searching from the keyboard without actually touching the mouse. But people say mac looks like elementary because of the dock and because of the top bar and because all the way
1: around elementary looks like
2: yeah the other way yeah
0: but i feel like people say that about every nice looking linux distro any linux distro that emphasizes aesthetics they're like oh it's the mac os of linux it's like stop saying that like
2: but i think you like hit the nail on the head right so they emphasize their aesthetics because Windows is visually inconsistent, uh, because it has got a lot of stuff from different things. Like in Windows, it's never been, it's never been a given that you have to, uh, that you have to have everything looking the same. So it usually you have, you know, you have different things looking differently, and it's not a problem for Windows users, I'd imagine. And because Apple says we are really visually consistent, and it's bullshit, because they aren't. Uh, there's been a lot yeah, of tweets they, recently to not prove Not yeah, everywhere, they're yeah. really. Not. I don't get they're, that. They're at trying
3: all. to be, but uh, I mean, it's a difficult task to keep everything. Consistent. But elementary OS is
2: like I've tried. I've I've I have it running. Uh, I've had it running a few times in a VM, and I looked into it, and it it really looks like good or bad it's up to you i like the way it looks for some people it might look ugly i don't like the fact that there is no dark theme but uh, connor tells me that it's coming uh but it looks consistent you know so the icons are the same they really put a lot of lo- put a lot of thought into making the computer and if you are saying that they are like apple then i can say that they are be- being a better apple than apple is these days because at the at the top of the time, even if I when I used to have the MacBook, it was still not consistent. You had some apps that had skeuomorphic uh, uh, design language. Some apps were more uh, going back into the uh, almost like Material kind of thing. Uh, elementary does it one way. Of course, if you install something like Spotify, then it's going to look like Spotify, and there's nothing anybody can do anything about it. But if you stick to the ba- to the to the actual operating system and to the apps that they offer, it's it looks like a unified environment. It you know depends on you if it matters to you or not. But uh, I think it's really cool, and I like the way that there are people who put a lot of thought into some into something like this.
1: So we're circling around the elephant in the room. Has anyone actually watched the latest um, Apple keynote?
0: Can't say I. Have. I don't watch keynotes in general.
3: Yes the 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 what what I understood is that iOS fourteen is Android seven.
1: <laughs> pretty much yeah so, um, so what I've written is uh, iOS now with more and uh, Android 7 macOS now with more iOS and also ARM uh, because they kind of mentioned it as an afterthought towards the end but um, or as Apple Silicon as they insist on calling it but it's, it is it is ARM it's their own ARM chips but uh, so, the, so, so
2: what do you mean iOS is now more like Android seven is it? Uh, but, the, the, the... So so one of the things they
3: introduced is uh, widgets, which Android had since the beginning. And they're like, oh look, it's this new thing, it's widgets. I'm like, <laughs> it's not, it's nothing new. It's
1: uh, you know, it's, uh... and, and now the an app drawer launcher, and like, <laughs> <laughs> Android has had that since forever as well.
2: Well, yeah, okay, uh, I guess I uh, that doesn't. You know what, iPhone can. Can be an iPhone doesn't bother me. What bothers me? Well, actually, it shouldn't bother me. What they are, what they are doing, I think, is they are by by making the by basically turning the MacBooks into iPads with keyboards welded onto them. They are going to lose a lot of people who actually like to have a computer rather than an oversized iPhone, and uh, I think that's good for us. We we will. I think uh,
3: it depends. I think it depends. Uh...
0: Okay. Thanks for listening, folks. We'll pick it up from there again next week. See you then. Bye-bye.